Let's see. Ken, can you hear me now? Ken Johnson, Hi, Oh, good. Finally, we've got this fixed. Okay, great. Uh, someone was calling me on my other phones here, and uh, that was distracting me. Uh, thank you for joining me tonight, Ken. This is TJ Marcy T Radio with American Communications Online, and Ken Johnston Sr. is here with me, and we're going to start tonight's show, the first one for the official Allied Command, and that's in order to help sentient intelligent beings with our terms that we're going to be using in our uh, group of ufologists, with our authors of book clubs. We have Authors Book Club and part of our ACO Association, our UFO Association. So uh, Ken happens to be one of the authors, and uh, I met him at the ACO meeting we had after we had the uh, meeting together in Mobile at a conference at the, in Alabama. It's called the Southern uh, how did they say USA University of Southern Alabama USA and so uh, we met May 6th through 9th 2017 and Patricia Bullock was there Janet Carroll Lesson Dr. Alexander Sasha Lesson Billy Carson Andrew Bashago uh, and a whole bunch of other people that I can't really remember but uh, Ken and I took notes afterwards to have a what we're doing now in the future so ken johnston senior if uh, you can see his pictures up there we've also invited uh ira and i don't know if he's coming on the first hour or the second hour ken ira pastor for the invisible college i have the aco platform for the allied command officers to order in humanoid sentient intelligent being terms so we're going to share a live-action role-play for some people regarding what we called, Ken, the Pegasus Project and combining the Stargate Project uh, and also with Roswell documentaries and future terminologies and taxonomy. So we were, had asked our pastor if he could assist us in forming a model on Earth with biocork terms and definitions as an example for us in space and he agreed to do that and help us because he's been an ACO member now for a couple of years. We have very professional people that are entrepreneurs, folks, that work with us. And last night, uh, Ira began, uh, and we were going to finish up on some of his uh, terms he wanted to talk about and why they were important to humanity, Ken. But let's get you started, and uh, if he comes on, I'll let you know, Ken. And Janet okay. is under the weather tonight, so she won't be coming on. But, uh, Ken, go ahead if you don't mind. I'm going to let you introduce yourself, and then we may have to talk about all the things you've done in order to uh, get into our terminologies and why you and I even bother to know each other. Okay, so let's go ahead and introduce okay. yourself. So you go ahead. Thank you. Sure. Um well, actually, let's go back real quick. Um, I was in the United States Marine Corps. It's where I learned to fly in Pensacola, Florida. And uh, after I left uh, the Marine Corps in 1964, um, or 66, oh, 66, and I went to work to work at NASA at the Johnson Space Center as one of the four civilian astronauts working on the Apollo program for the Grumman Corporation. For the, we're, the ones, we're the ones that tested the lunar module inside the vacuum chambers, which is 10 to the minus 12 tor, if you want to know how about one molecule of air every cubic foot, so not much to breathe. And um, after that, um, wound up um, working for the, the Boeing uh, aircraft company as a flight instructor on 737s and uh, took my retirement after that and 
uh, wound up raising miniature horses over here in a little town called Belen, New Mexico. So that kind of gives you the background. I, I was able to be the, um, the director of the data and photo control department over at the Lunar Receiving Laboratory where I maintained all the archives, all the records, uh, all the um, – uh, that, that the scientists around the world would order from, and that allowed us to me to have the originals before any of them got doctored. And I saved them. Um, every time somebody ordered one, I'd hang on to an extra one. And then finally I was told, okay, get rid of everything, just keep one set. And I had over five sets, five complete sets. So, And the direction was to get rid of them, didn't care what they wanted me to do. So I just put one whole set in a duffel bag and put the others in the dumpster and in fact, that those were found later by a, a person in the dumpster, so some made it out, uh, kind of trashed up. But some made it out <laughs> out of the dumpster. Yeah. That's right. And so you were able and, to keep uh, one. They didn't care. They just wanted to get rid of them. And I know that correct. they weren't under clearance level because uh, we don't do it that way because I handled uh, classified material and was trained on the proper way of to do things like that prior. So that's very curious that they – wanted to do it that way back then, but the, you and I can talk about us, I guess, since we'll be waiting we'll maybe be waiting. if Iris shows up tonight. We've just we'll just get we'll just get us recorded here and why we're doing the Allied Command or the ACO, which is part of our ACO association and part of my American communications online and I've always been able to keep acronym, whether it was Ascension Center Organization, Alien Contact Org or whatever. But I've been doing this kind of work with uh I guess everybody, uh, just depending on what who was paying me at the time, whether it was uh, the government or lawyers or if I was a private investigator or, you know, working on cases and with the FBI. And I can say that because it's true. I can, and I'd be more than happy to share my truth. Now, a lot of things we can't talk about. You know, I've handled large cases, uh, Agent Orange, DD245T, a defoliant sprayed, and I've done uh, TVA cases, so uh, all kind of things. But the details, unless you're involved in it, you know, and it went. You understood that we had citizen soldier forms to fa- fill out during that. But Ken, you weren't. Were, were you in a, in uh, the Vietnam War or not? Because you're in that time frame. Right. I was. Um, I joined the Marine Corps in 1962, and um, let's see, two years after I I went. <laughs> the long story. My best friend, the Oklahoma Military Academy. We both were captains in advanced ROTC, and. And during the summer, we were going to summer school at the university. And he comes in the dorm that one evening and says, well, Ken, you've, I've joined the Marine Corps. And being brilliant, I said, the hell you have. <laughs> and uh, I went down the next day and enlisted. We went from captains to buck privates in the Marine Corps at boot camp in San Diego. Well, J- uh, Jack stayed there, and he, he made it up to staff sergeant in the Marine Corps in, after four years. I uh, uh, took the test and qualified. I was already selected for it whenever before I went in to uh, go to officer pilot training at Pensacola. So that's where I got my training. And uh, then uh, whenever I get, went to work there at NASA and with Grumman, uh, that's how I got close to all the, the uh, Apollo astronauts and programs. I was up for uh, the Skylab and the future of being one of the NASA astronauts, but they changed the requirements. They didn't want to have uh, what they call jet jocks. They wanted to have PhD scientists, and I only had three bachelor's degrees at the time. So uh, they – there's been a reasons I'm I'm totally convinced, and now that I've been through some hypnotic regression and finding out that, you know, there were reasons why I I did not wind up um, in Vietnam, didn't wind up in um, uh, uh, the the Apollo One flight that, that 
and the other dangerous things we had them shuttles that blew up. So I think I've been, um, you know, kind of being watched over and uh, beginning to find out a lot more by going through the hypnotic regression and kind of putting it together in the uh, books. One of them is um, the regression of a NASA whistleblower. Now, I didn't give myself the title whistleblower. It just wound up that whenever people were trying to claim that we didn't do this on the moon or we didn't go there and stuff, and I have the original documents and the original pictures and things, I made them available then uh, they somebody came along and said, oh, he's a whistleblower. Well, if the truth needs to be out there and it's available, then all the rest of the other people should be standing up for it, and, and that's what I've done. So um, call me what you want to call me, but if you want to see the truth, you, you get into my website, you can check the that, or you can go to Ken's Moon Autobiography, and uh, that, that gives all the, the NASA uh, records, the, the documents, everything there that you need. So every time... I get I get attacked by some people to, um, trying to say oh he didn't do this or he didn't do that or he was never there, and so I I publish uh, the documents that shows that I am and it kind of shoots them down. In fact, that I know this guy James Oldberg was told to just leave me alone because uh, every time he goes after me, I publish the records and documents and it makes him look like a fool, and that suits me because we were friends once. But now I find out his main job was to debunk and try to keep people from knowing what's really been going on in the secret space program. So that's where I'm at. Oh now. wow! And he's about six six, real tall guy, isn't he? And he's got a, <laughs> a nice uh, written up write up on Wikipedia, I believe. Right. Uh, now, I see somebody here. While you're talking, I'm gonna turn him on. Uh, Ira, Ira, is that you, Iris Pastor? Hello? Oh no, nine two eight. Hi, are you just? Yes, hi. Are you just listening? Hello. I'm listening. Okay, <laughs> listening. thank you. We want you to talk. Okay, he's listening. So he says I'm listening. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you, listener. Uh, I was expecting somebody else. Okay, so this gentleman uh, Oberg. Uh, now you know, since he's your friend uh, from back in the day when I was at NASA and my husband worked at NASA. I worked over at NASA Bay National Bank across the street, and I got to wait on the astronauts when they'd come through in their gold Corvettes with black bat wings. I don't know oh, that yeah. everybody oh, yeah. got one, though. I don't know which ones did. I need to talk to them about that. But, it was just the, uh, the original seven. Go ahead. Oh, really? You found out? Yeah. I, I'm going to look that well, up. The, the, but I the want original to talk, seven the talk about... got the, the uh, uh, 3D... Go ahead. Um, uh, what kind of little sports cars those were? They were all the original sevens did, and the others. They were some Corvette, of them, they, they got them they? A special. Yeah, it was a Corvette. There you go. And the others, they they got kind of a super special deal that they couldn't turn down. But the original ones were given to the the original seven. Free. Really? So you did know about those? I don't make that stuff up, folks. I'd lived it. So uh, <laughs> Amen. Corvette Minute astronauts. Let's see. And Corvette. Uh, I've never had to prove who I was or what I did, but I can remember things as I think I was 16 back then. They had the 1968 Corvettes. It says right. six facts about Corvettes and astronauts. Now, uh, you know, unless you lived it, unless you, I mean, you can go find all this stuff apparently now on the, on the Internet, and that's why we're doing what we're doing. We have uh, Corvettes and astronauts. So, and you knew this. Now, you knew that they had – now, why would you know that? Why do you know something that's like trivia now in space or among astronauts? How do you know <laughs> well, that the original 
because I didn't. I just needed to pull it through the Nassau Bay National while my husband was across running the secretarial pool for Chris Kraft, yeah. and he was a NASA employee, and I got to go in mission control and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, I was very fortunate. I had to have a clearance just to be the wife and to be able to come and go and have meetings with some of the astronauts and people like yourself or right. other important people. But uh, it's going to be hard to explain all this, but sooner or later we'll get around to it. It'll make sense. So <laughs> okay. back to six well, can... facts about Corvettes and astronauts. How would you know that they originally had them? Did you not want okay. one and didn't get one? <laughs> no. Here's the, here's the deal. Now, I was with Grumman that built the lunar modules, and um, – so there only originally were just four of us civilian astronauts, consultant pilots, and our job was to test the lunar module in the vacuum chambers and to help train the regular the NASA astronauts how to fly it. And in the process, uh, of course, Mercury and Gemini programs were over with, although uh, when we'd have special events happen, they would show up. And I got to know every one of them and uh, as not a total equal. I mean, I wasn't a NASA astronaut, but then we were civilian astronauts. And uh, consequently, we were aware of, where, where the fancy-looking little sports cars came from, and we asked questions, and, you know, hey, uh, those guys deserved every bit of it. The, the challenge of making America great again back then and uh, going in, in this, into space and ahead of Russia and proving that. And, you know, it's, it's amazing, though, I and um, TJ, that here I was so close and in the mission control and in the back up room for the different uh, missions that we went on, and everything looked to be absolutely right, although now, looking back at the the breaks that we had at different times, it, those are fit with the time we find out that the astronauts were communicating with the mission control and with the uh, the director uh, of that, talking about things that they were able to see. And that's where some of those ham operators uh, came in line and could pick up the signals coming back and found out that they were observing something on the moon that the rest of us didn't get to hear. So I, I was as naive as, as uh, everybody else in the world, only that I was there and knew that we landed on the moon and what we were doing and all the, all those records and all the stuff going on. But I didn't know at the time until decades later that we had actually observed alien bases and things like that on the moon. And so that was kind of well, nice I met to look Alan back and say, Bean. wow, I was there. Alan Bean, yeah, sure. A- what about him? Do you not remember you Alan Bean? Of course I know Yeah. Him. Really? You know him personally? I did too. See, there's one of our connections. Yay, we found it. Now, Jim, Jim, Irwin, Jim Irwin was my number one friend that's probably spent nearly a thousand hours with me inside of the LTA-8 lunar module in the vacuum chamber getting things all ready for the main test. And I, I have over over 5,000 hours in uh, airplanes and in spacecraft, 3,000 hours in, in spacecraft testing on those. But I never got off the launch pad, doggone it. But... Uh, Anyway, I'm, I may may have we'll find out a little bit later when we we want to talk about regression and Mars and Moon. Some of the things that are coming out of the woodwork since then that uh, makes a lot of sense to me, having been that close to what was going on, which I sincerely believe was kind of a cover up program. The whole uh, American space program was to to prove that we were ahead of the Russians. Yet uh, there's all the evidence showing that. Uh, we had a secret space program going on and uh, had astronauts going to the moon as well as Mars and stuff. And I think you've got people that can come online that are now willing to come out and tell the truth and part of it that they were involved in. Sounds good to right. me. Right. 
Now, uh, Alan Bean had uh, an emblem on his gold and black Corvette, and I think it said Lunar Module Commander. Uh, or they each got a. Uh, yeah. I don't. I guess I got stuck on the Chevy thing, but there had. Uh, do you remember anything about their uh, cars I do. or the? You do? I do. This is amazing because yeah, sure. I know you have to live it to. I mean, <laughs> wow! This is first-hand what, information, me, folks. <laughs> what they? I'm amazed. What they did. They were assigned a, a mission. You had uh, Apollo 9 was the first one in Earth orbit of, of the Apollo command module. And then we had Apollo 10 that went uh, looped around the moon and came back. And then when we went with us at 11. At any rate, uh, the, the um, um, Corvettes, they had a little symbol on the side that said um, CMP, LMP, depending on what their station was, like command module pilot. The CMPs, that was the band that stayed in the command module while the other two guys went down to the lunar servers. You had LMP for the lunar module pilots, and those were um, symbols put on the, um, uh, on, the, on the cars, on the uh, sports cars that they got. So each one of the, um, the teams, they had their, their own personal little um, Corvette that was their own little spacecraft, if you want to call it that, that had their, had their label on the sides. Wow, Apollo 12 astronaut, 1969, folks. Gee, that was Alan Bean, and uh, he was the fourth man to walk on the moon. But this is amazing because Ken lived this stuff. You can't just talk it. You don't keep this stuff in your brain, folks. This is how we know the real investigators and the real people from those that are just making it up are, are out there talking about stuff calling themselves UFO investigators, and we're learning a lot here with Ken Johnston, who is actually, I've asked him to be a director with me, just like us starting NASA on the planet, but we're going to be the allied command of real people. We're the men in black, the old guys, Ken. (laughs) Did you ever see men in black? Tommy Jones. Oh, I, I met Tommy oh, Lee Jones. You know, I got to yeah. in Houston. But you know what's different about these people? Some of these people that use fake names, like that Chant Hannah on my Facebook. And I apologize to everybody if you're listening off of my social media free Facebook that you know she told me that wasn't her real name, but I didn't realize uh, how much that was going to cost me uh, in in uh, being a investigator and and. Uh, uh, business owner and a radio show person with a meetup group and just having spoken at a conference and neither did Ken but uh, she actually sent Ken a whole bunch of stuff and I'm sort of embarrassed and I wasn't going to say much about it but I need to have it recorded to, uh, Ken so I'll remember now we're not going to talk about the details other than she asked the girl that was at our 2017 meeting Patricia Bullock to uh, let her be admin and then she wiped out all my other admins and made herself, but she kept me and Patricia. Wasn't that nice of her? But she knows how to go into other UFO uh, groups, and uh, you know she was very convincing to me. So Ken, I know she was very convincing. Did you hear her voice at all, or did you just have typing? These are the things we can talk no, about. All, all the correspondence I had with her, all the correspondence I had with her was on my chat line, um, Facebook, and where we chatted back and forth, and uh, it got it, it became an attack. On um, threatening me um, about um, the information that was being provided and all, and, and and how the program and how your program was was all faked, and that you were belittling um, uh, people that had um, oh 
well, credit, uh, not credit. Uh, uh, they had, they had, yeah. How do you call it when, when they, the? Well, have, I have credentials. But I don't know that she does because we can't even find yeah. her right now. She's now deleted off Facebook. And being that she told me that wasn't her real name, that she had problems with Facebook in the past, we don't know who she is. We don't know that that picture is hers. It's on another uh, place. I'm, yeah. I'm researching her now, and it came up with something in French, that picture. So I don't even think that's her real picture, or if it is, it's Photoshop. <laughs> so um, I don't know, but maybe. I did hear her voice, but she would not uh, – she was very slippery. And so she did talk yeah. to Janet Carolusson and I, Janet of Hawaii, our ACO in Hawaii, right. and me here in Florida. So we had Hawaii uh, director and uh, Florida director, me. And then she was trying to talk to you and tell you things that uh, were questionable. And you and she didn't know that you and I knew each other and that we'd met and we had a history. And we're going to – folks, it's just the way social media and people are in their up-and-coming people in the ufology business, alienology, and people that are we hope are real. But hold on. Let me see if this is uh, – Ira, is this Ira? Okay. What, about the, what about the three, Ken, if I might, what about the three astronauts that died? Okay, well, this is Ira. No, that, that, that <laughs> is, is uh, uh, Don Garrett. It sounded like my first cousin, Don Garrett, was what oh, the Don. Air Force. Is this Don Garrett? Yeah. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, we, we had the Let first me. Apollo test, my my crew and myself. Yeah, Don and, was one of the uh, Air Force astronauts. We didn't uncover the thing that killed the next three astronauts. They, the fire. Yep. Well, let's talk. We can talk about whatever you want, Ken. This is your show to I'm, bring on astronauts and <laughs> pilots, well, and you can bring on you, uh, you, even what's his name, Gear, John Gear, or what's that guy, Lear, Garrett, Learjet guy, if you want to. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah, John. Lee. But who is who is this? Don, introduce yourself, please, because you're one of uh, Ken's guests. Don, go ahead and tell us who you are. Okay, I'm yeah, I'm Don Garrett. I was on the first test with Neil Anderson and uh, another guy. I forgot his name, but uh, it was very successful. Except we didn't uncover the first. We didn't uncover the what killed the next three actors. We were test specimens. They were astronauts, and we didn't. We were hoping to be astronauts, but uh, we did not uncover the problem. And the next three astronauts were killed in the fire. Okay, yeah, I'll, was, I'll, I'll that's Grissom. Yeah, Don. That was no, Gus we're going to have you back Chafee too. And, yeah, Gus Grissom, Roger Chafee, and Ed White were the three astronauts that did wind up dying. And our cousin Don. And then they tested the command module in Chamber A, the biggest vacuum chamber in the world. And uh, Don actually was a captain in the, Air, in the Air Force and had been picked up as one of the uh, uh, Air Force uh, astronauts. And uh, I, if you don't mind me telling it, Don, is you were ready in your, your little, whatever the airplane was, a little jet flying back to Houston when the word came that the Apollo 1 spacecraft had had a fire and all three astronauts had died. And later they figured out, it was some of the cabling underneath the, uh, the, uh, the, the not chairs, but underneath the uh, t- beds uh, where they would lay down and sleep uh, in the, <laughs> on the missions. And if that had 
that had happened, my cousin wouldn't be talking to us right now that it would have caught on fire. And they never did totally really complete all of that because there was a lot of other stuff going on uh, in regards to In a way, our test was unsuccessful because we didn't uncover what was going to Get the next well, three and, or not. and that's when you went. That's when you actually took your resignation from the Air Force and um, took your. You didn't have retirement enough time for retirement, but that's when he stepped down. So, yeah, he he was. Um, he's lucky to be alive and be there as well as I am with some of the events that took place here. I think there's there's been a, a, a someone up above has been watching out for my cousin Don Garrett and for myself so that we'd be ready, maybe just so we could be on your program and tell the truth about some of these space programs and the events that took place. We've got to. Now, Don Garrett, well, you're going to be able to talk a lot. we got two hours. Okay, go ahead. There was another one of our, Ken's brother was running the vacuum chamber where the tests were. So we were all three doing different things. Yeah, from the one family, you had uh, Dr. A.R. Johnston, my brother, he was – he was uh, one of the directors of the uh, all, also the no no the AC. Wait, what was the name of that uh, the whole vacuum chamber place there, Don? I, I'm having one of those brain thoughts for a 77 year old guy. Um, what do we call that? Um, anyway, so he AR was in charge of that, and they moved over and also was in charge of the lunar sample processing over at the lunar receiving laboratory. Don was the tester of the command module, and I was the tester of the um, uh, the lunar module. Can you figure out three people from one family? And so one family got us to the moon. <laughs> yes, it did. Amazing. Yes, did. <laughs> that's wonderful. You, your genes, I hope you're passing them on to your kids. I don't know. You know, We're trying to figure out that. And I was hoping Ira, but he may come on on the hour, not knowing what time to come on or something. But uh, yeah. maybe he yeah. thought it was next week. I don't know. But uh, I'll put uh, Don Garrett's name up here. But, uh, Don, do you have time to help us in the future with our building our real command. We're trying to build real people with real interesting things in uh, science, technology, engineering, and math, but also to help people that uh, may have some information that they want to be counted. And that's what Ken and I are about. We're wanting to find the old guys and then then try to tell the kids what was really going on because they're We've got people on Facebook and stuff really getting us all mixed up and trying to make us not like each other, which we don't understand. Not, We're, Ken help, and I are I, nice if people. If I can help, I'd be glad to. Thank yeah. you. So sure if that, I can uh, help, I'd be glad to. Yeah. You know awesome. That took place, that took place uh, in the earlier stages of astronaut selection than I had, So because you were at the Air Force and part of the um, – what in the world did they call you guys uh, with the Air Force? You had a, a – Abbreviated name for the for this as uh, 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 yeah. Well, at any rate, test the point pilot, is, is we were just test test yeah. pilot. Uh, test I'm pilot. not sure what you're asking. I have to tell a little story real fast for you here at TJ on Don. Don, one of those these um, West Point. He was the last of the selections from the West Point to, before the Air Force Academy opened. So he got a selection to either go Army wow. with the, or go over to the Air Force. And he chose to take his commission in the Air Force As the last instead of class the Army. To go where, last class from the Army to go into the Air Force. That's right. As he was. Whoa. He was. So now, what year was that? Oh, geez. What year was that? Beg pardon? What year was that? The, West Point. It was uh, 1958. 
1958. I was. I remember yeah. that year well. I do remember <laughs> that year well. I went to White Sands, New Mexico, and uh, my uncle worked at White Sands in Los Alamos in the missile range over there. Well, they so, had lots uh, of activity at White Sands. We could see it in Texas. We'd, we'd see right. the rockets Whoa. coming up out of White Sands. You remember so that? To... That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we're doing wow. our best to remember, Seth. <laughs> Some of us are getting Yeah, so that's what we're here for. All, but... <laughs> yeah, between the three of us, and then what we'll do is we'll find people to come <clears throat> on and document what they can remember. Yes. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to write yes. books like Ken did. But, Don, do you have a book out? Are you? At all about your see, experiences? See, I'm sorry, I'm hard of hearing. I'm 83. <laughs> 83 now. I said, did you have a book you have written about your experience by chance? Have you written a book? I, have, yeah. I don't have that kind of that book. I have a a technical. I have a technical book. I wrote a book on uh, implosion. That was my specialty. Implosion. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to talk to you about implosion. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I do know implosion. The reason is, uh, in my investigation, we had one of the uh, UFOs that we talk about uh, from another, we'll say, reverse engineering. We had one that imploded in Roswell. And that uh, busted up in pieces. And I happen to have firsthand knowledge that was taught to me about implosion. So that's why I know about the words. So, you know, uh-huh. we're all firsthand. I was an investigator. So uh, I get to learn things because of uh, firsthand experience. So, uh, if, if, you know, this would be of interest to some people about UFOs. So they, a lot of them don't know about the Roswell ships. They weren't alive. So if if you were, were you alive in 1947? Can can you tell me? Were you alive? I oh, was. Uh, I think so. <laughs> you were alive in 1937. I was born in 35. 35, there you go. Hey, by the way. So you were 12 add, years old. Watch, uh, TJ, this is important, I think, for everybody to know. Um, my cousin, Captain Donald Garrett, when he left the Air Force, he went on and became a uh, a Baptist minister and, and religion and has been very, very devout in his faith all these years. So if, if there are other people out there that have the feeling of that but want to talk with someone who has both the experience in the space program and for what's real and as well as the faith in their religion, Cousin Don is the one to talk with. Wonderful. Like we, have a, we have a I'll Sunday show. Then in Israel, uh-huh. I gave a paper. I gave a paper at the Technion, but I don't mean to. I don't. I don't mean to distract you from the astronauts. Okay. Well, Sunday now, uh, Ken. If you're serious about having one for a spiritual show, I can do it on Sundays. I used to do one every Sunday. So y'all think about it. And uh, I have it for Universal Life Ministers. People, it's like a non-denominational show, but we can discuss, like he said, not to get off topic of the Allied Command. But let's think about that because we're just starting, me and me and Ken tonight, Don. So maybe God had it planned for you to be here to be our well, chaplain in our to. group. Yeah, you could be, be a chaplain because, yeah, and I'd help. I'd be glad to. I'd be glad to. Yeah. Okay. 
Thank it, you. Oh, yeah, we could certainly get into the scriptures and get into the connection between uh, just exactly um, what is it really saying based upon what we know now with regards to the existence of not just humans on the earth, but perhaps intelligent station beings in other parts of the universe. We can get into that at another date, another time. But I think I've never talked about that much with my cousin Don because we've never had that much time. So. All right. Well, this Sunday I can't because of my daughter's birthday. But in the future, Don, uh, all we have to do is get with uh, this is the first organization meeting since 2017 where Ken and I were sort of the officiators and he and I took notes of the people that wanted to be involved with he and I called the ACO. So we named it ACO. And Patricia Bullock wanted to be with us, and she's one of my admins on our Facebook page called UFO Secret Space. And uh, it's mostly all free people because in social media, it's just all free stuff. But we want real writers are real journalists, are real investigators, and then real uh, videographers to help us in the real world, in in my business of documenting and archiving and writing it up. So hopefully, uh, if you can't write up stuff, we'll get somebody to help you and uh, sort of specialize in that too. But uh, you well, had mentioned what James. What ACO stands for? Tell Don what ACO well, stands for. Many things. I've got. Uh, here where I'm at in Florida, ACO is a club, but my club is just of people I personally choose to know. Then under that, I have some uh, – ACO club has American Communications Online, which is a, a bona fide company that I started, and I also have Teresa J. Mars Ministries, and that's for – I've got certificate or, or a business license for American Communications Online and Teresa J. Morris Ministries in Santa Rosa County in a Gulf Breeze, Florida. If, you're, uh, if you ever flew out of Pensacola, that's where Ken went to school, and I went to Orlando, Florida, for the Navy. But uh, ACO also stands for Alien Contact Organization and Ascension Center organization. Anything I've ever run, as far as I can remember, I was inspired, Don, spiritually, and with a computer uh, printout that came before computers were had the Internet. And so that's what's mm -hmm. on the American Communication Online logo is like a pyramid with all this energy coming out, vibrations, and I didn't even know what it was. And it came in uh -huh. in Hawaii. So I believe in, I don't know that you'd call them miracles, but things that we don't understand in uh, pictures and in light. I've been visited by orbs with uh, infinity squared signed, uh, fractal energy. It looks a lot like crop circles. But I don't know where it's coming from. But, you know, with a, a spiritual background, I'm going to say they're divinely inspired or angels versus aliens. And so that's sort of how I got into this, was working uh, with entities that I didn't understand that I couldn't uh, – I died in my lifetime. So it's sort of an interesting talk because the Allied Command, I'm trying to find all the proper terminology to come up with for alienology and ufology, cosmology – epistemology, and I say that 
somebody said that we're a riddle inside a mystery inside an enigma. So we've got all kind of words we can share in the future. But tonight is invisible college. It's all the knowledge you really can't see but you know is there. <laughs> so a lot of metaphysicians, uh, esoteric, uh, a lot of groups, secret groups, they say that it's the invisible college. and There's really no building you can usually go to. So we have to teach ourselves, don't we? <laughs> so yeah. that's what that's about. And uh, Ken, uh, is that pretty detailed for you? It's an acronym for several websites. I just discovered for, that. Yeah. Yep. That, that it, works fine. Uh, I appreciate it. It's an ACO club, but the reason I'm really choosy is I run a lot of free social media pages out there and have for years and I don't know who a lot of those people are but they say they're my friends <laughs> and some of them are fake pictures and fake names and I've got to go through it and, and I've got thousands but they want to be my friends or they're friends of friends and you know how it takes a lot of time to vet people or investigate people so I decided that I would start a, an association of friends years ago in Hawaii, and uh, I had a uh, different Ascension Psychic Network, and we would help each other learn how to use our intuition, and I was part of Project Stargate, where we learned how to be non-local in our thought processing and uh, all of that. So it's sort of all, all my interests all balled up in my history of ancient wisdom and New Thought Teachings in Cosmology. And Don, I wrote a book called Knowing Cosmology, and in it has all the different world religions and things like that. So we're bringing all this together the best way we can when we really don't, I mean, we know what we've, we've read or somebody else has put in books, but the Invisible College is really about your own spiritual path and how you collect the information that you cannot see. It's invisible. <laughs> So it's fun. It's fun. And I wanted to work with Ken because of uh, I asked people to go search him out a long time ago. But uh, the reason was uh, I was looking for people that knew Grumman employees like my husband and my, my, uh, my his dad worked for Grumman. And my husband, Steve Parrish, worked for NASA, and a lot was going on when we went to see a movie that I told Ken about. Uh, it was 2001 Space Odyssey, and I got to go, and so did Ken. I guess he was up towards the front. I was sort of middle in the back, uh, but Don didn't live there, did he? Did he, Ken? Don, you didn't live in Houston, did you? Oh, he was actually, his house was back-to-back. Back to back with my house in the uh, uh, the southern part of, of Houston. Um, what what in the world was that name? That little subdivision. Don, you remember the name of that subdivision we lived in? At Beverly Hills. It was called Beverly Hills. And uh, yeah, um, we we lived back to back. And I don't know if where the Don was out that one night that we saw this this bright light coming from the moon area and streaking down. And we called the local uh, FAA and asked them. And, they kind of said, "Oh well, yeah, nothing, you know." So maybe we've seen um, a UFO in a, in our past. So there's a lot of things well, to talk about. Well, was that 
uh, Beverly Hills in Houston, Texas. Yep. Was it uh, Beverly Hills? Was, I wonder if it's still called that. that. Subdivision. I, well, a I don't subdivision. Know. I don't know. Things it, have it, changed since got, then. Oh, it's a different world. I mean, the road, the the population from downtown Houston goes all the way down to Galveston. And I was there for a conference about four years ago, and I went into shock that I, in reality because uh, I couldn't find NASA because it, trees had grown up and everywhere else. You couldn't even see the the gate entrance to get into the place. They had torn down uh, a bunch of the three-story buildings that was for the, the contractors during the Apollo and Skylab and, and shuttle programs. And so I went down to Galveston uh, with um, uh, Brett Shepard, actually. I think I had him with me. And we went down to – no, it was another person, Galveston, and uh, to go out to the uh, – put your toes in the ocean so you could say you've been in the, the Gulf of Mexico. <laughs> anyway, that's what he wanted to do. And uh, uh, that it was scary to see, you know, you, you talk about these movies and things where they've got um, people who get uh, advanced to uh, a more advanced uh, existence. And then all of a sudden, uh, you're, you're uh, what was that whole TV, whole movie series where they, uh, they went to the future, back to the future? Yeah. Back to the future. Is that what you felt like you were doing? <laughs> oh, it Going was, back yes, to it the. Was. <laughs> you felt like you were going back in a, time. No, what happened? Like Does they, it look different? Uh, oh, go ahead. It was, it was scary because you could see you could see the buildings on NASA from the main road that goes in front back in those days. But all that stuff is hard to see from the main road going right through um, the little um, uh, Clear Lake City, the little town called. Clear oh Lake wow! City. If you haven't been back in time, you go back and you're going to go into shock too. Because it's like going into a, a different world, and it is. Yeah, it was real. There was no big trees. It was all just, you know, like you see uh, inside the gate. It was all flat. And then we had that uh, seat that you'd go zoom in. Some of the guys, you know, outside the building on the, you um, know, depending if you're on Nassau Bay National side, which is the front road. <laughs> so that yeah. front gate. And then I'd come in the back gate a lot. I don't know. You remember there was yeah. one, uh, but oh, yeah. so but the front gate. So you're saying that there's a whole bunch of trees all grown up. Well, I have to get on oh, and yeah. look at it, right? Yes, from right. Uh, space. You you, you'll be you'll be shocked. You can't find NASA Clear Lake. Well, we lived through it, so we know what we're talking about. And you lived in the Beverly Hills yes, subdivision. Did. I lived in one similar like that. So let's let's say Hilton Houston NASA Clear Lake. And there's NASA, and uh, I'm looking at it. But you know, so that's going to be very interesting. But back in the day, there was a Nassau Bay National Bank, and then we had yep. our sailboat down in League City. If you went right. on straight on down uh, NASA Parkway, is do they still call it uh, Clear Lake? You think? Yeah. I don't even know. Clear Lake is still yep. No, Clear Lake is still there. It's still there. Space Center Administration, <laughs> though, you're saying that there's trees all grown up all around it now. Oh wow, huge trees, huge trees, blocks the visibility from the roads anyway. So. Wow. Well, having we, lived there, we, we can all them. say. Yeah, we should go have ahead. a conference there sometime. If we have a conference there sometime, we can all go back there and go into shock. 
Well, we should. We should see who's running Houston. Maybe we can get with Mutual UFO Network. I don't know. Uh, we'll figure out and who would be interested. I guess we got to create an Allied Command that includes engineers and astronauts. Have a. Uh, I don't know if NASA would be interested, but that may take a while. It's sort of like an alumni thing. But from the right. 1960s, what would we? We'll just that the Allied Command can be everything. You know, we don't know what it's going to be yet because we just started. Basically, me, you, and Don. Right. <laughs> I hope Don Don can hold the energy, but it's getting people to show up and be counted for and want to be in a group to talk nostalgic, but also to be about the the future. The biggest concern I have, unfortunately, is that the vast Signing off, Ken. Signing off. Okay, cousin. Thanks for for coming on with us. We'll, We'll be in touch. Take care. Anyway, saying um, my biggest concern I have is that so many of the astronauts and, and engineers and everybody that I worked with and knew, I was I was the youngest kid on the block, to be honest with you. I was 26 years old when I went to work at NASA, and uh, so many of them have passed away and before they got a chance. And, and, and I'd talked to some of them I had talked to before that they weren't ready to come forward with the truth and stories that they had and because they were under threats. And uh, they kept their mouths, said, well, we'll just wait a while and see. And then they, they die. And then uh, it's hard to get the truth right. out. Whenever they, and you know that. Well, what and about so, this James you, Oberg? When, when uh, James Oberg, apparently it says James Edward Oberg, often known as Jim Oberg, is an American space journalist and historian regarded as yep. an expert on the Russian and Chinese space programs. He had a 20-year no, career as a, yeah, that he, he chose as Chinese yeah. and Russian. But he says he had a 22-year space engineer, NASA, specializing in orbital rendezvous. So, But you did work close to him. He's a really tall man, and he looks familiar to me, oddly enough. Uh, well, he may he, be a friend of mine. I don't know. I don't remember him. Uh, uh, I mean, the, I remember he, he was, has a look. Yeah. Go ahead. Building number seven, building number seven in the astronaut building, um, he had a, actually a, a broom closet room up on the third floor. It's where all the astronauts' offices were. I was on the second floor uh, where contractors were. And I would go upstairs to Jim, and we would sit down, and we would talk about the goals and the plans and what was going on here and there and all of that. And we were very good friends. I didn't realize at the time, though, that uh, the another gentleman that I, I had known, and that's Dr. Thornton Page, who before he passed away, he, he even confessed the fact that, oh, yeah, they they their job was to – to put out false information to, to you know, shut people up that wanted to talk about it, you know, and and uh, Oberg was his um, protege and was well trained. And I, whenever I came forward with some information, man, he went after me like flies on you know what and attacked me. And I had to to pull up documents and records and everything and prove that no, I am who I am, and yes, I was there, and <laughs> yes, this is the truth because here's the documents to prove it. And the last thing I heard. As he was told to back off and leave me alone because it was making him look stupid. Wow. So he didn't fine. have his that investigation hat on when he started oh, commenting no. with maybe other UFO event and specialists. Here's the, here's the truth. I need to say the the stuff I read a lot of his, his books and stuff, and, and he took information directly out of NASA records and this and that information and, and put them in his book like he was the one that discovered all this stuff, and that was a bunch of BS. I mean, he he should be called down for 
stealing information from other people and make, putting it in his books and things and come around and bragging about how important he is to the stuff. And when in reality, he's been the one that's been pushing out uh, the truth and only um, trying to um, uh, make it seem like that, you know, that he's the one that's keeping everything uh, true and out there when in reality he's the one that is the primary debunker of the um, um, keeping d- true disclosure from being able to be brought forward where other countries have already done a majority of their disclosure that they have and we in Canada and England are still going along this um you know not being able to get the truth out there because we get threatened or, or called names and or they died and, and they're not available to tell the truth anymore. I was really impressed and surprised my cousin Don was listening to the program and came on with us. That's that's amazing. <laughs> Part of the trio. Did, how about that? Well, did uh, Don know you were going to do it, or did did you call him? And because well, I told you you can well, invite yeah. somebody, you know, especially yeah, if they're a historian or firsthand information. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Well, he. <laughs> We were we were we did talk a little bit earlier, but we were talking about um, oil reserves and refineries and problems and and the family and uh, where some of the family members are getting royalties and we've been cut out of the, the family stuff and uh, and I just mentioned to him I said oh well we're going to be on the radio with T.J. Morris and um, I said why, why don't you uh, tune in and listen into it so I gave him the number to tune in and I guess he decided to jump in with all feet so <laughs> you never know what's well, going to happen. Well, good. Yeah, but it's hard to track, and he said it's hard for him to listen, so we may have to work on that. I was trying to, you know, but that's okay because it's hard unless you can intrigue them about being a part of the conversation, as you well know, to listen for data or information gathering that you personally want to share. And we have a lot of topics at various levels of intelligence that we'd like to cover and hopefully we can get uh, Ira to help. And Ira wants to cover a lot of details about uh, mosquitoes and uh, a lot of d- uh, data that apparently we weren't going to cover tonight. So he may wait until we can get more information for him, and I will talk to him about that. But he has agreed to help us. <laughs> And, uh, you know, folks, if you want to be involved, please let us know. We have just the free social media groups, but we also have a subscriber list. Once we get some real people with real uh, knowledge and intelligence that we are collecting in our group. And, if you know, some of them are American uh, patriots, I guess we might say, or have been historians are researchers like James Oberg, but apparently James has had his own uh, level of sharing information, and that's probably why I know him. I've seen him. I think Mike Barra before. Uh, yep. You know, he had a picture in a uniform once, right, when he was young, and uh, um, Oberg. James not, Oberg not did. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think so. I think he was. He says he was born in November 1944, James Edward Oberg. I told him he could come on. He's an American space journalist and historian, regards to expert on the Russian and Chinese space programs. He had a 22-year career as a space engineer in NASA, specializing in orbital rendezvous. He's an actual author of 10 books and more than 1,000 articles on space flight. 
He may have explanations of UFO phenomena in the popular press. He is also a consultant in spaceflight operations and safety. So he says he has a BA in mathematics from Ohio Wesleyan University in 66, an MS in applied mathematics, astrodynamics from Northwestern University in 69, where he was also a NASA trainee and an MS in computer science from University of New Mexico in 1972. So he says that NASA... Uh, so we need to write this stuff up for you really good because this is really nice, but we may already have it. I just I'd, – I'd probably just need to re- put it in our in our websites, you know, and have you up as an author and journalist like yep. this and gentleman. And my, my autobiography, yeah, I mean, and there's a short version of the um, – in the back of the, of the book on my, my, my credentials and all the fun things that you read about. So when someone's right, well, a little older, we – We'll, we'll do that. Yeah, we'll try we'll to we'll try to make James our friend so he doesn't feel excluded, because uh, I think he was trying to get my attention by remarking on one of our radio shows where I had you listed in your picture. So uh, he got my attention, all right. <laughs> but uh, we'll I'll I'll uh, I'll make note of this, and uh, <laughs> okay. you know if he you may wind up being friends after all this because who cares everybody has a different experience in the way they want to write it and, and that's why it, i have an author's club right it everybody take a has lot of truth it'd be take a lot of truth coming out of him to to make us friends again he'd have to do a complete complete flip-flop back over and get on the right side of the those of us that have come forward with the actual proof and documents and information instead of going out and attacking us Verbally, because what what he has been a master at is you attack the individual, not the information, not the information, but you attack the individual. And I, unless he's really wants to come in and discuss really what he has been doing, kind of kind of like what um, Dr. Thornton Page did at the very ending of his life before he passed away, is that he did come forward and admit that a lot of the stuff that he was doing was in order to. Um, it, it all goes back to the Brookings Institute report that was put out after. Uh, uh, President Eisenhower and all, in which um, was asked if what should they do if they discovered that there was aliens on the moon or or uh, have been in contact, and the direction from um, the Brookings was not to because the society was not ready to face that, and in fact um, that was back in 1938, I think, when they did the War of the Worlds on the radio, and their people actually jumped off the top of the building. Of, and committed suicide because they thought the aliens were coming in and attacking. Well, Brookings had that same attitude, and they said um, not to make it public because the public couldn't handle it. Well, we're in a position now where you know, the biggest percentage of people recognize that there's bound to be intelligent beings throughout a universe of billions of stars and, and even trillions of planets, and you can you can certainly bet that we're not out here alone in, in the universe, so – uh, right, so we want to talk to about forward, that in the future. Unless he's willing to come forward now and help with the full disclosure that Dr. Gear and uh, the rest of them have been putting out, um, calling full disclosure. And that's what um, you're finding in cert- most other countries, and now slowly America is coming forward with truth. And I'm, and I'm not taking bragging here. The fact that I was willing to come forward and go to the um, um, National Press Club in Washington, D.C., uh, at the, the behest of um, oh, uh, Richard Hoagland 
had me go there and be sure we started getting the information out because it wasn't you're not safe if you're keeping the information you have the truth and you you're hiding it because you could get bumped off fall off die whatever and the truth doesn't get out there that's why i always put out the the word you know if you're one of these people that like myself that has information get it out now you'll be a lot safer by coming forward with the truth and even though we had secret clearances how long does that last i mean my secret clearance was back in 1962 and 63 and i'm i'm not uh, We'll just we'll just take it from there. If if you've got the truth, you need to be sure the truth is out there. Let's stick with it. Well, you know, when I came along and went through school and was trained in the military, I was also trained in uh, personnel information security and how to handle classified material. And there was a, a something had happened with spies and stuff. I think it was Ed Dames or Ed Ames or something like that. But uh, another Ed gentleman Dames. and what. I think it I don't know. I'll have to look it up or that may not be the let me look up, but I don't Ed yeah, that, Dames that was uh, Major Ed Dames, Ed Dames remote viewing. Yeah, with with uh, a D. A D is in David Dames. Just did you know him? He was just knew of him. I don't know think I was ever in a meeting with him. But I was in a lot of and, meetings uh, um with the astronauts and United with the, the directors Army. of the whole NASA program. And um that was where I had you know, I sat in the back. I was I was only like 20, 27, 28 years old when we were pushing to beat the Russians to the moon. You know, so uh, we were yeah. all uh, sworn to to keep the secrets and uh, make it happen because that's what President uh, Kennedy wanted: is be the first there to get to the moon and back safely, and we did. So, well, he came along, and then Ingo Swan, Ingo Swan. Uh, back in the day at 82, and I was involved from 80 to 93, but, you know, if I, if I was back there where we began talking about the Corvettes, and, uh, you know, the one that I can remember was Gold with Black, Alan Bean, right? Was uh, right. Anyway, it's okay, because they had different color Corvettes, but, you know, yes, John Garrett came on here, and it's okay if James has helped a lot of people in California or whatever. I don't even know where he lives, but I can see he's very uh he has a lot of coverage, let me put it that way, in, in cyberspace. You know he has, uh, he has access to to the truth of everything. The question is is which side is he going to be on? Is he ready now to change sides and get onto the truth side? I we'll, we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. Oh, okay. So well maybe he see this is why it's important that each human add their intel, sort of like connecting dots, because each one of us is a container of data stored somewhere. We don't necessarily think it's in our brains actually anymore, but it has to do with our minds and our electrical system, and this is things that we need to discuss with various people depending on their background. And it's uh, my goal is to help connect the dots with individuals that have a story to tell and Janet Carol Lesson apparently has really enjoyed doing the same thing that's why she and I aligned with each other for the Stargate to the Cosmos which you were a speaker and I believe she put you in the can or in camera or she has a part of you anyway that's uh, preserved for all time and eternity in what we call film Right? Do you remember that yep. anyone uh, 
uh, James, Ted James, Ted James. Uh, do you know who was your are you talking about, your producer? You talking about the film NASA or where? No, at Stargate. I've jumped to the future where you were filmed okay. <laughs> uh, with Stargate to the Cosmos by Janet Carroll oh, Lesson. Yes, she right. paid that for was, that. That was um, was was filmed, but it wasn't you know it wasn't the old kind of film. It was with uh, digital digital TV cameras. Yeah, that was recorded. That was recorded. All right. Now that was Stargate to the Cosmos, which I promoted on this station since 2012 with her, and she did it in Albuquerque where you live, and uh, uh, at Armada Hilton, I believe. But uh, the gentleman out of California that's very no- well known in the UFO industry as a filmographer uh, actually uh, charged her. Uh, he, he was not cheap because all this takes a lot of money. Just to get you on film, Ken, and other people, uh, is his name James? Do you remember who filmed you? Do you uh, no, she in just, fact, I, I wasn't I've given a copy. I have no idea as to whether or not um, it was a good film or not. Maybe, maybe they tossed it when they got through. I don't know, but uh, no. Oh, I, okay. I well, yeah, she's going to fix. She's uh, supposed to fix it where you can get a copy, but he's taken. Uh, what was the name? Tad James. I'll have to look up uh, on IMBP. Okay. Tad James. Uh, no, not is it Tad? No. Uh, let me look at. Oh, he's worked with a lot of people in the industry because I think he's in California, and so anyone that has a California address, I could get Janet on here to talk about uh, that filming of you, but. Uh, and she's she's got that going on, and uh, trying to. I mean, folks, we're doing the best we can, and we've been operating as uh, up till 2019 on our own money and budgets, and so we're historians and researchers by nature, but we're also experiencers. And uh, Janet was one of these that went to all the UFO events. Now, Ken, since I've got you on here, let's talk about it. The last one you did was Stargate to the Cosmos. So can you count backwards, or do you need to go forward? Uh, how would your brain work with all your events? Because <laughs> oh, people can go back and I, maybe remember if they met you, whichever way you I want to go forward I, or backward. I've done a couple of events since then. Uh, and um, um, oh, was it? Silver City, I was a guest speaker in there, as well as in, um, in Albuquerque, New Mexico, they had a, a conference there. I was a guest speaker and on the panels and all that. Um, I was in uh, California for contact in the desert. So I've, I've since um, since we did the thing in in Florida where you were, I I and I've been to uh, India uh, in there. In fact, that that was that was a wonderful experience and also a scary experience. If I may take a moment to say that. I, I went. To, I was brought over there and went to different universities and gave talks about how we went to the moon and where we're headed now and how the, the college students can do their part and what India is going to be doing. India is one of the first few that has actually landed on Mars, so they have a great space program. At any rate, I was. Um, I had to fly back and go to contact in the desert and then fly back to India, and I was um, being taken up to uh, Chennai, India to um, do uh, conferences with universities up there and up in the mountains. They took me up to show me how they, how they lived in the, in the mountains and created their agriculture with, with what they've done over dec- uh, thousands of years, I should say, in India. 
And um, I got a call. The guy came in and knocked on my door at about one o'clock in the morning and just pouring down the escort. And he said, he says, um, um, we we have a problem. He says, I'm, I don't know what to say. He says, but but we were contacted and and someone said that you're not who you are. That you're just heroes to take our money and do stuff. I said, let me guess. It was James Oberg called. He says, yeah. He called the the director of science for the the, the I guess you call it a state Chennai. And um, said that you're not it. I said, well, here's I happen to have some books. I have the information and documents to prove who I'm. And he kind of breathed aside. He said, oh, good. Well, we can go straighten this out. And so um, uh, that morning at seven o'clock, they had me get up and get my bags, and we were going to go downtown to, to where I thought was the, the Department of the Secretary of Science for Chennai. Instead, went out into a country road, dirt road, stopped at an intersection. A car pulled up, and the woman who was the assistant director of that got out, came over, got in my my escort. He got out, and he was left on the side of the road. They took me to the airport, put me in a holding room, and um, bought a ticket out of uh, Chennai up, um, to get me uh, on another way. I can forgotten the name of the state right now. So that I, they could get me out of the country because um, they were believing everything that Oberg had told them, and even though I oh my, I have I have a letter posted on my wall here of a letter of apology where they apologized to me that they they didn't do their their proper checking out to find out that who I was and that I was who I am and that I had the records and documents to prove it. Since then, I've been invited back to India. My my wife says I can't go, but no, it was <laughs> your wife will let you go. But, I don't blame her. Well, the thirty six hours thirty six hours you didn't know if I was dead or alive. And that was a big Bless concern. Bless your heart. I, when they got they got the airline ticket for me, they came in and handed it. So it says, "Here, leave and do not come back." And it was it was a threat. And so, um, that's, that's the dangerous part of of when you have people that are going after those that have come forward and present the truth facts. And, and and I I've been very careful about universities and schools and kids and things. I talk about going to space, what we've discovered on the moon and things, but I've avoided going into any detail about um, uh, extraterrestrial contacts and things like that. But now that's coming forward with the hypnotic regression and uh, the more facts and documents that people like my cousin Don and I actually have. So we're we're getting the truth out there, kind of slow and kind of hard, but. In America, but um, now's the time for the full disclosure. And, and anyone listening to the radio that's got information, you're safe if you come forward and get the information out. You're not safe if you keep quiet. That's the best story I can tell. Well, thank you. And I appreciate your honesty <laughs> in sharing that embarrassing international, almost spiritual social scandal that happens in yep. the world just because of somebody has an opinion of who they are and how they want the truth to be told. And each individual does matter. Every individual matters. You can look it up. He can find he's being paid by the government to debunk anyone who comes forward with information. So no, he's 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 a a double a double agent, so to speak. So be interesting. (laughs) Well I don't make any money at this and I've recently told people that want to be as of 2019 folks if you want me because i am a marketing advertising public relations kind of chick that has put all her eggs in one basket 
for my future to support my children and their grand and their children and one has leukemia but you know I've never asked for money for 7 years now all of a sudden because I decided well what I do is at least something because people want me to do readings all the time and you right. know we have people in the eastern seaboard charging 300 an hour Wow. And it's dollar, two dollars, or three dollars to do readings to help people, and they come to me all the time, wanting my counseling. And now people are asking me to show up at events and do what I do, and it comes from right. a place of peace. But you know, we have gifts, and I look at it spiritually that God gives us gifts to use. But it's still yes. our time. We've only got so much time on the planet, and surely that's worth something for us old guys that are on fixed incomes and retired. So these young whippersnappers that are used to getting everything free, they'll never have yep. any money because they're doing it all free. So who's going to pay for their food, clothing, and shelter? They're living off their families. Like that yes. girl that said her name, a fake name was Chant Hannah. She told me she didn't have anything. She's had all kinds of problems with cancer like my daughter and she has to live off her family and move around she didn't have her own phone she didn't have her own computer and i don't even know who she was because she turned out to be she may or may not be a picture this it was a really pretty picture and i've seen two pictures one not so pretty of a girl with a said chant hannah with glasses and older lady but i don't even know if that's her because there's so many hannah chants on facebook now but the one that she was chant hannah has disappeared, and she disappeared off of being an admin. She took it down on my uh, pages, and I mentioned to a guy in UK that was helping me set up our ACO in the UK, and uh, he didn't know her either. But she told me she was helping him because of he had problems with his mental illness patients, and I talked to him and saw him online in person on a Skype call that I answered. And he looked perfectly fine, and he said, I do photography. I go out and do weddings. So I don't know what she was talking about, but she had her, <laughs> she had her information yep. all wrong to be a bona fide investigator. And, folks, if you want to join me, I can't tell you to join anything, but I am suggesting if you want to be a journalist with me, you need to go join Society of Professional Journalists and look at their ethics. And if you want to be a, in my group, I'm going to vet you because I've been burned by a lot of people in right. social media on Facebook not being real and wanting me right. to promote them as UFOlogists or investigators yeah. or, or admin people to tell other people what to do. So I'll put – it's got Chant Hannah Avni Hohe, 22-12-18. Who is this woman on my UFO websites? So, you know, we don't know who she is, but she goes by like Chant Hannah. To, yeah, I think you need to bring up the fact that, you know, you, you're providing training and information, and, and uh, you know, people shouldn't expect everything free. This, unfortunately, the, the the new millennials, they think everything is supposed to be free, but then you have expenses to cover, you have um, uh, time, efforts, and everything else. And I, I don't know. I think am I am I correct? Most of this is only like five dollars a month. I mean, that's you know you can't even put, fill up your your gas tank for that. Maybe fifty dollars to fill up your gas tank, but five dollars a month that is just barely even pays for your phone bill. So I well, I'm I've never collected any to, money. No, nope. I've never collected okay. any money, and 
I guess, I don't know how people do it. I've worked free for people on Revolution Radio, Mike Ringley, out of Kentucky for years. I never got to see, I always ask people for money, begging for people on the radio shows for Revolution Radio with a mad painter and Janet Carolesson, and by myself, and then Tommy Hawksblood did. So we all, you know, would beg for him money, and we never saw his expenses. And I know that I can run for what I run mine on out of my pocket, you know, out of a fixed-income retired lady. But while I wasn't retired, I, you know, everything came out of my pocket and still does. So, you know, Chant was making a big deal out of me saying, but I told everybody in writing, in person, uh, anybody that's been in any of my associations, that we were going to start because Janet Carolesson had had enough too because we have to pay for a place to keep our archives and to get a – computer uh, studio to do this. And Blog Talk Radio in New York will tell you the minimum just to get started to record there for two hours a day is $39.99, okay? And that's what we've been paying for seven years each. Me, Janet, and then Tommy. So, yeah, it's per per hour. hour, No, no, it's $40 for two hours a day. It's not that expensive. But then you have to distribute it. You know, iTunes, Stitcher, right. Spreaker, and Spreaker is nineteen ninety nine just for the uh, uh, only a small amount of archives, but they keep your archives forever in New York on Blog Talk Radio. But see, you don't. They say you own the rights to what you and I are talking in on radios, but everybody has to keep up with their own files and download them and and keep it like a server. And you know where people are started getting educated about this stuff was with the Clintons. Remember when the government said that uh, Miss Clinton? I, I don't know if you call her ex First Lady Clinton. I don't. Does she have a title now? I don't even know if she's a New York senator anymore. I don't. I don't know what to call her. Anyway, everybody knows who I'm talking about, President Clinton's wife. <laughs> anyway, she had some stuff out there that got all messed up in the wrong place, right? So I don't know what we're going to call that. But anyway, people are learning that they, their information's not safe, and we're, a lot of it has gone to the cloud out there, meaning somewhere in cyberspace. And then we have our domains, which are names for our businesses. And Google will offer you a business page. And, uh, you know, I use GoDaddy, and that's my home. Uh, I've been hosting there since the uh, guy started in his garage, and I built a company uh, driving a truck coast to coast with, you know, when I was working in and out of the government. And uh, from there, I learned to control a C-panel it's out of Texas. And so I pay for domain names, and then I pay for websites. That's separate uh, people, there's a hosting fee that cost me twenty three eighty eight a month, and uh, then all these little blogs or names like for Ken and I, we've got the AlliedCommand.org. So Ken, that's just a website where we can put whatever it is that we want to write about. You know, your history, Don's history, but then somebody's got to put it in the computer and post it. And I'm a webmaster for that, and I use WordPress now. This Chant Hanna girl had a free one, and how you can tell folks, and this is all education, is uh, with our Allied Command, we're going to be smarter about what we're putting into the computers because people want to be not fake news, but they're fake news, 
They don't know they're fake news, but she doesn't have any credentials. Uh, she wouldn't even tell me what her phone number was because she didn't have one. She couldn't tell me her IPC or where her computer was because she didn't have one. How am I supposed to check somebody out? And I'm just a normal businesswoman. She couldn't go down to the Days Inn or Navarre uh, Civic Conference Center where I am, where we have our conferences, and get in without – you know, she'd have to apply for a job. So people get on LinkedIn, put your data information, put your history, L-I-N-K-E-D-N. That's where we go and look at your professional uh, profile. Now, Facebook is just a, what it says, a Facebook. That's all it was meant to be. And I'm sure most of you all know the, the story on that. And of course, billions invested and it became a public corporation and is traded on the stock market. And they run basically on us giving them free information. And then they sell advertising to the bigger companies. And then they got hold of it. And then, uh, Ken, did you get a message? I got a message that my stuff was stolen by some company. And they sent me uh, uh, information and apologized to me. It made the the news. And, you know, this guy went before congress about it and he was grilled about it and then they still turn around and ask him to help and that's okay because we understand facebook is pretty much the cadillac i get what would you call it ken that's where you go you find out information but a lot of it's fake news well that's just it and and people need to do their own uh, research and check into things and and uh, vetting it out for sure because there's just so much false information, and and actually, it's interesting how certain people do get uh, blocked from being able to use Facebook. But if you take the the reality standpoint that you know that's really interesting, I think I'll check that out and do it and check it out and find out for yourself. That way, you won't be you won't be debunked or or you won't be uh, lied to and used as a pawn. And nobody wants to be used as a pawn. Necessarily, I don't think I so. I think Hannah, whoever this girl was, she, I think her intentions were good, and she's like me. She thinks she's helping people, but she got lost in the needing to prove who she was first. So you got to let your own mask down in that jet you're flying in high, calling yourself a UFO <laughs> investigator. You better want to prove who you are first and walk your talk, lady, there you go. <laughs> because there you go. I do. And I'll take on anybody, and nobody has to know that I was a big legal investigator because it scares them, Chant, whoever you are. But if you want to know, I'll take you on any time, any place, any day and compare your credentials to mine. And, uh, you know, I represent myself, and I've asked Ken Johnston, but you trashed me pretty bad to Ken, and he shared that with me. So, lady... You better hope I never find out who you really are, because we're going to go to Journalism Fist City, <laughs> whatever that is, in our invisible college. It's about as clear as you could possibly be. I don't think anybody should misunderstand what you mean by that. If you're going to tell the truth, okay, well, tell the truth. You, you and James Oberg, right? You have that same feeling now, right? I've never had anybody yep. do that to me. So why is this yeah. happening? It can only be, folks, the reason that I've created this show, Invisible College for Ira Pastor. And he said he liked it, so something must have happened uh, to him. Or maybe he didn't know it was going to be tonight, so maybe next Friday or, yeah, he'll come on. But he had liked, so uh, something must have happened for Ken. But Ken will leave Ira's name on here because he is one of our ACO 
visionaries. He's very bright, and he will come and help us. But, you know, you and I are proving, let me tell you, I had to pass a test in in journalism, uh, not to read the news. I used to rip and read what they called the news industry for radio shows in Birmingham, Alabama, uh, while I was going to college. So that's when I did my radio. But I was in television when I was a child, KNOE, with James A. No. So people can vet me all they want. But I've been in television, and I've been in When Will I Be Loved with Stephanie Powers. They used my showroom in the Atlanta Apparel Mart on the show. Uh, I guess she was sort of like me, my story. But that was Stephanie Powers, and I was in the television show called When Will I Be Loved with Stephanie Powers, basically playing me in the beauty industry, I guess yeah, you'd say, I, or I the actually, apparel I about that industry. One. Really? See, I'm, I'm two. I'm two years older than you, so I was around to see that. You bet. Pretty sure. Wow. Well, my husband it, and it I were both bell. in it rings for hours. Yeah, and wow. uh, Atlanta Apparel Mart. I had Jungle Beach and JB Cork, and I paid a contract there. Very expensive. I think it was like thirty six hundred a month and five thousand a month. And the uh, wow. LA Apparel Mart, or uh, let's see, there was the. Merchandise Mart in LA. Was it LA Apparel yeah. Mart? You, you, uh, you'll remember. You, yeah, you'll remember the Oklahoma. No, the the American Bandstand. I'm sure. And Oklahoma. Oh had yeah. Its own version. Oklahoma Bandstand. Well, I was with a, a rock and roll um, a team, um, and I was uh, one of the the primary singers for the um, Jaguar um, rock and roll band, and I was one of the guest guest singers and band on the Oklahoma Bandstand. How about that? <laughs> Wow, so you could sing too. You can, or I, well, I used yeah. to could sing anymore, I don't think. A long time ago, a long time ago, <laughs> a long yeah. time ago. Well, you know, it's going to take all of our energy to express the various levels that we live in across the universe and various uh, spacecraft that is orbiting, what, regardless of what we know it is. And uh, I'll be more than happy, folks, to have you share with us your stories and uh, the reason we were asking for $5 a month is actually to help pay us for creating what we're going to create about you and putting our energy in. The, we can cut and paste if you want to share your photos and biographies and history and put it all in one place to be archived as a professional author or a professional journalist or professional videographer or just whatever you felt like you did your life for. And... Uh, you know, that's what the $5 was for because people want to do all this free in social media, but you can't trust it. And I want to know who I'm talking to and who I'm vetting or who I'm – who says they're a professional? Who says they're well, a ufologist? You know, that's where she was going after you and, and claiming you know all kinds of things about how you were demeaning uh, people and, and stuff like that, which was absolutely insane. And uh, so it's – it's sad to, and I'm glad, to, glad that you're actually stepping up here and, you know, putting nose to nose. So you're ready for battle. <laughs> you know, I, I wouldn't want to go up against you. That's the reason I'm going to stick with the truth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I people you can side. have their thoughts. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Well, the reason is, folks, is everybody can say anything they want to. That is America. That is freedom of speech. But right. if you want to be a journalist, you need to back it up, you know. And I like to get two sides in the truth, or at least in the government likes you to have three bids at least, okay. I know because I worked in actually in accounts payable, and we check the contracts 
explicitly. So, you know, people can talk all they want trash about the government, but when we get too big for our britches as individuals and we go and we tell people, you know, you got to do this or you got to do that, well, we get together and we join together in peer groups and associations and we maybe have businesses. And unfortunately, some people, some businesses, including Walmart all over the world and McDonald's and stuff, they have to have corporations. They have to have uh, guidelines and boundaries. And we realize that. And I have worked country to country. I've worked with people all over the planet. I've been out of country many times, and I'm too old to be traveling. I don't like traveling. I get used to get in tears traveling from Hawaii to L.A. to New York to Spain or to U.K., back, you know, it's hard on your body, and then okay, it's sure. really tough. Yeah. Hey, so I'd like to uh, this, clear up one thing go ahead. Can real fast here, and that is, you, you know, because um, – Oh, I, I've had uh, people say, oh, you were, you're an astronaut. I said, I was not a NASA astronaut. And that's the same thing with Oberg. He goes, oh, he, he never was an astronaut. I said, wait a minute. I was one of the four civilian astronauts with the Grumman Corporation, and we tested it in the vacuum chambers, which was just as actually more, more of a vacuum than it is on the lunar surface. I'll tell you that. 10 to the minus 12 tour for those scientists out there that want to know how much of a vacuum we pumped it down to. Anyway, so here's here's the truth. Fact is, I am one of the I was one of the four civilian astronauts. I didn't say NASA astronauts, but that's where they go out and he, he says, "Oh, he lies about this. He's lying." About, no, I've always come forward and said I was a civilian astronaut, consultant pilot with the Grumman Aerospace Corporation that tested our lunar module and made it safe, and then helped added in and helped train the regular NASA astronauts. We had to be one of us available anytime one of the NASA astronauts came to get inside the command module or the lunar module, like Don had to be in the command module to answer questions that astronauts would have about what their, their command module was going to be like. And I was one of them that, was, that would have to be inside the lunar module. That's why I spent nearly 1,000 hours inside the lunar module LTA-8 in vacuum chamber B at the Johnson Space Center way back in 1967, 1968 when we were getting ready to uh, make our first uh, first flight to the moon. So the answer, answer is, yes, I was an astronaut. I was a civilian astronaut with the Grumman Corporation. So I always want to be sure that I, I'm, I've been recorded, and that's down solid. So if you hear anybody claiming that I'm claiming I'm this or that, you can tell them, you know, go wash their hands and get their, 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 get their head screwed on straight. They're out there well, we'll to, get some to testimony, too, to put on – We'll get testimony from Don Garrett and uh, anybody else out there. And actually, I think Oberg, even though he's got all this stuff on the Internet, even if we say you've got to prove what's out there that's written, you know, he still that, would have would to be nice. prove credentials now. And just like you go. Homeland Security, going to a state, and I, I transferred, and I know what you got to do. Now, I may have given up my commercial driver's license, because I don't need it anymore at my age, and <laughs> that's a rough life. But I did that in and out of government facilities, and because I had clearances, I had to pull some in in places or in the mountains. Or I've been a lot of places, folks, and uh, it's hard to prove everything driver. I've done. Yeah, I was commercially. I kind of I kind of got a shake there because my grandson, uh, uh, yeah, Nick uh, <laughs> Nicholas Nicholas. Um, Wow, what am I going blank here? <laughs> He's one of my my first uh, grandsons. Anyway, um, 
whenever his dad was a um, uh, worked for the uh, uh, the big truck manufacturing company there in Seattle. And uh, he grew up, I would take him over to spend the weekend with his dad, and we'd look at every truck going by, and I'd say, what's the name of that one? And he'd say, well, that's a Peterbilt, so that's a Cummings, or, or this or that. And at only three years old, he, he could recognize them. And so he grew up loving trucks, and he's a, a commercial uh, truck driver. He's working with uh, Walmart and several of the others, but he's also a, a, an, an instructor, and he uh, – he takes students on and takes teaches them how to run the big rigs coast to coast and border to border. So here he is, a young man of only 24 years old, and uh, got to be proud of him. He's got a career and he's at it. And so, you know, I now I respect you that you were a truck driver, and, I, and it's it's really tough on women who are truck drivers. So you, you I'm proud of you. well, you I'm five eleven, two hundred thirty pounds, prior military <laughs> trained. A joint trained with the military in Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. I've worn, I've been the woman in black. I don't handle a weapon now, uh, reason being I was trained, and yes, I can use weapons very well, and I was trained in some martial arts, but now I'm 67 years old and don't need any of that. I was trained even in another country with a weapon, a hand weapon, in Japan, in Yokosuka, Japan. So I'm not sure why, but, uh, yes, the government trained me in a lot of things. And uh, like I said, Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines, and, yes, I had all the uniforms. I had a clearance level. I had people come over and tell me I had above Q clearance. I've been told I had a higher clearance than a Royal 14. I've had one as far up as you can go. Because anything you do with the kind of work I did in intelligence, even though if you had you had to be on a project with a need to know information and have a right. uh, certain words to get you in and out. Now I, I was not big on going into crypto because I, you know I went with friends that did crypto, but you know I didn't like that kind of work. It was all boring office, and I was like wanting to be in the field, and uh, it's like a B-knocker. I don't know what they call it uh, in the civilian world, but uh, in and out of country, uh, doing work, finding out information, working on things that only the royalty and the governments know about, and uh, governments helped each other back then. Of course, my husband got beat up and thrown off a train by a Russian a lot, but then sometimes he had to go into embassies together. So Russian and American spies worked together on a lot of cases. It was hilarious. Sometimes in, in years that they were fighting, they'd beat each other up. And then the other time, they were following each other. It was all a game. You know, you get into it like Mission Impossible or something. But, you know, that kind of stuff exists. But uh, people coming into this right. free social media and then this uh, – I'm going to have to get these two guys. And see, I mean, they have nice graphics. They have UFO News Network. I don't see, I, I, you know, what they, – they've got some nice graphics. They've apparently uh, had put on their own uh, free Google YouTube, and they've had John Burroughs and Grant Cameron. And I remember when this girl Grant came to me, and she said she's been with me a year, told you that. That's bullshit. She uh, got Patricia Bullock to put her on admin on UFO Secret Space, which I have ufosecretspace.com, the website, and I had a free social media page put up there for my UFO Secret Space. 
but that was November around Thanksgiving. So she was only with me uh, less than one month in 2018 and got busted out in January of 2019 for being a fake person on UFO News Network. So Ryan from you know, Chris Walford and Chant Hannett says 12-9-18, season one, episode 21. So there's her face, and she went on as a UFO investigative reporter, uh, which bullshit. Okay, so uh, you guys need to get your shit together. <laughs> Putting people out there telling them some stuff. You, <laughs> you don't think could you so? Be a little more clear on that. I'm not sure I understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> and Jan Harzan. Yeah, yeah, that somebody can understand. I don't believe there a lot of this stuff. You know, every person has a, either background in the military, out of the military, in civilian, GS position, wage grade. Okay, let's talk, folks. You want to talk talk turkey? We'll talk turkey. Depart DOE, DIA, NIS, CIA, National Security, Homeland Security. You know, let's talk. National Security Council, FBI. Let's talk. You know, because uh, we've all had in and out, and there's a lot of civilians that have no clue what we're talking about. And the government being right. shut down right now. I still, and even though I am out of the government, <laughs> I wore a uniform and I swore to protect my country against all foreign and domestic enemies. And when you yes, take me did. on inside this country, uh, even though I'm a retired old lady, I'm not scared of anybody or anything, so bring it on when it comes to journalism and fake free social media out there. So, you know, people are putting Chant Hannah on Twitter with Grant Cameron, of all people, and Grant's been on my radio show right here. He's been with me. And it's so embarrassing that he's talking to a person with a non-name that he doesn't even know. How he dare know they it, do that? That's a problem. They don't check. They don't check. How like dare you, they? You're, you're, you're trained. You're trained to vet out the information first before you you go step out and use it as authority and information. Like, like, oh, he's a liar. He never tells any anything the truth. You know, blah blah blah. The same thing he, Oberg tried to do to me. Yet uh, then I had, but the problem is I get sick and tired of having to go back and prove I am who I am. Same thing you might run into on yours, and because after a while, eventually get to the point and say, you know what, go do your own research and check it out, and then come back and talk to me because it's it takes a lot of our time to go and and make copies or and 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 send them out and try to to when some person has their mind made up, well you're you're a liar and set, well and why do you have to go and prove when you know you're innocent? And you know you're telling the truth more than once or twice, and then finally you get fed up with it, and you say, "Hey, go do your research, and then come back and talk to me." That's the way I do it now. This, I just this I day up. with internet, and I worked back in the day before we had the internet. So these people <laughs> like Chant Hannah think their mother was. She's right. Told me she was writing on her mother's. Uh, credentials that her mother was a, a journalist or a reporter or something, really? but you know I believe really? her because all I had was her firsthand information that was a voice inside a Facebook connection, a Facebook chat, and we you yep. know I should have known that that's not her picture. I don't know where she's broadcasting from because in a professional business. You don't, you know, I was trying to check her out, but folks, I was trying to give her the benefit of the doubt because yep. she was 
came to me through Patricia Bullock, who I met at ACO Club after we had our 2017 meeting with Ken Johnston. Ken's real. I met him. I'm vetting him very deeply. I've asked him questions that nobody could know unless they were there. And he's proven it with just a simple uh, security question like, did you know the astronauts had Corvette or had sport cars or however? But he knows. And the reason was he was there. Okay, first-hand information. And you don't just ask stuff like that and get a real information. So there's tricks of the trade without having to really vet that deep. But I know Grumman, and I know how to do some investigations with people inside big companies, believe it or not, because I can talk to them being that I have a bona fide company. You'd seen my autobiography and seen the documents and the records also, so you you were able to go back and even see the uh, the astronaut signatures oh, yeah. on uh, the documents and pictures and records and things and proof of everything. So that made it a little easier. Oh yes, than, you uh, made it easier. Cool. And uh, you know, folks, we used to have paper trails. <laughs> now you know the government oh, going with uh, everything's electronic. It makes it easier to pull the bull over your eyes, doesn't it? So, you know, lots to be said for us saving trees. I'm all for saving trees, and I got on that <laughs> with an alternative leather, J.B. Clark and Eco Expo. Way. Yeah. Great. But, uh, hey, that makes you know. Them, um, what, what is it? What is it they call people that um, they're out trying to save the trees and save the bushes and save everything else? They were called, I've forgotten what the name of it is. I am sorry. That happens a lot. Tree huggers. But, <laughs> Yeah, well, people need to know. I was in an auto accident where we were rear-ended back real bad, and I had a slight leakage in the frontal lobe area. And so I'll, I have sometimes I have a problem where uh, I'll start to say something and I'll I'll drop off. And and thank goodness I've got TJ here. I'll say, okay, now what was I talking about? And she'll tell me, and that'll trigger <laughs> it, and I'll come right back and right back on. But you know, it, it's tough. You know, this driver was texting in their car coming around the corner and rear-ended my wife and and me and. Uh, you know, we're, we're people. I sometimes haven't heard from them. They'll little, they're going. They had to pay pay for everything, and nothing nothing's cleared. It's all been out of my medical coverage and everything else. But uh, with things like that, you you have no choice. You have to give an attorney say, okay, go get it cleared away. But nothing's going to put me back whole, a totally a hundred percent whole, if I'm going to keep having uh, dropouts and and momentary pauses because my brain has been been damaged slightly. And that's not fun. It's not fun. So I'm doing the best okay. I can. Okay. TJ. <laughs> about, uh, can we talk about your company and mine, TJ? Okay. I'm saying that oh. to uh, UFONN right now while we're on the phone, folks. So just to let you know, Facebook, we got some dealing here to do. And, uh, Mark Zuckerberg said he was going to help us in the United States of America, and he's been very kind to me and uh, with Facebook. And I set up one night, midnight, and had to fight for my name, Teresa Morris, because I wanted to have my name back in the day when he first started. So, you know, I am the Teresa Morris, the first one with UFO Facebook. So Facebook, let's have a talk about these people you keep having me throw off because they're not real, that I do all this free vetting for you. You know, you guys asked me, and I've been doing it for how many years now? And one got past me called Chant Hannah, 
And uh, let's talk about this because she's been on your UFO News Network, and we're going to find out who these people are. And uh, let's see what kind of background they've got in uh, putting on somebody that's a fake name in their news industry. So UFO News Network, you have put up a fake person. So you are fake news. So you may want to give me a call. Uh, put a note on your Facebook page and let's talk. I'm ready to talk because uh, we can see this on television all the time, so you best weigh in. And you're really going to be upsetting me because they've got Sunday next on UFO, Stan T. Friedman, nuclear physicist. So we don't even want to go there. So let's hope that was oh, – let's see. It said this coming – okay, that was May seventh, 2018. So they've already had him years, let's see. News information investigations into the UFO subject. Stay tuned for more, way more coming soon. Twitter UFO Sunday. I hope you guys turn out to be friends because you got some people that I think highly coveted uh, personalities and information that is real. And if this is what these people, including this Chant Hannah person that would not vet and would not prove who she was to me, and now would she call me when I ask her to? She'd put me off for the next day, put me off constantly. I will be available at this and this. I didn't have that much trouble with Chant. Uh, I mean, I had more wiggling out of trying to talk to me than Jan Harzan, 37 years with IBM, probably one of the most powerful influential, influential people in the world with the UFO business. And he answered his phone immediately. He answered me within two seconds on Facebook, folks, not on the phone. But what do you call that, chatting or whatever? No, he got, I heard my computer ring when I said, you need to call me because this is going to be a joke if we don't do something about some other person that was in the Experiencer group, uh, new, uh, Experiencer research team out of Florida. And uh, this guy thought I was a publicity hound. Holy crap, he turned out to be one, too, on his meetup groups. But, you know, if I am one, too, a publicity hound, okay, I'll accept that as uh, somebody that's out there doing it. But I didn't do it for money, and I still have not got paid a cent. I'm in the hole a few thousand dollars. And I think people like Google, uh, AOL, from the old days, I paid them. And GoDaddy, I can give you accounts payable and look at that versus accounts receivable there's zero in accounts receivable, <laughs> and there's thousands <laughs> yep. on the out outgo. Okay, so that and, and all expenses. my kids know it. Expenses. Yeah. So, you know, it's I told uh, Ken. Well, I told you I'd be transparent. Not a problem. Uh, you know, right. I've got to get out of the red. And so Janet Carelesson came up with the idea. She's been wanting me to make money doing readings, and I'm too damn lazy to do them. Uh, to be honest with you, but a, a friend of mine asked me to help her with her business, and I did. I put some product crystals in her store. She didn't give them back. She said she would. But uh, I put products in there, and I, I didn't put my books because I haven't been caring about selling anything. But I did go and teach a couple of classes for her, and I helped her with a meetup group, and I've helped her with two events, and I spoke free. And uh, I've got a little minute and a half my daughter took with her phone. That's how easy it is to get up in YouTube. So anything that I've done, Ken, has been free that I pay for the services to get self uh, 
promotion out there. Now I'm helping Ken with this radio show the same way I helped Tommy Hogsblood that now has to go by Thomas Anthony Sinisi from New Jersey from, to California to Hawaii. He lives on the Big Island. And he's probably so going to start but, talking stink. Yeah. I don't know. But I'm, yeah, we live we live on our Social Security, and I, I had a retirement um, from the Boeing company whenever they did, but it wasn't a full uh, um, full retirement, uh, and uh, it was a it was a full payoff, and that's what paid for the down payment of the house we were on. And uh, the I, I wind up with one hundred and fifty dollars a month. That's my total uh, retirement from the Boeing company is one hundred and fifty plus Good my Social land. Security. Is that it? And that's that's it. That's it. Is that a pension? That's what's called a pension from an old yes, company that the kids won't yes, have any clue what we're talking about. That's we right. got to do something so, with the way the world is, and well, you know, yeah, and people. That's what I'm saying five dollars a yeah, month to, for what they're getting. People are getting the the research and the information and and the truth out there. Uh, anybody wants to step up and and help out TJ and and the rest of us that are trying to get the truth out there, we'll be happy to to give you all the credit in the world that you deserve. So, you know, as long as you're real and not using a fake yeah. name on a fake news company that's. that's I don't even know if they're just using free YouTube and free social media and free Facebook, but apparently that's what I see. Uh, but, you know, they, they did a good job, I guess, for certain people. And it's sort of like Jan Harzan said, you know, she just asked me some questions and I gave her the answers and she put me out there. So, you know, she said she was going to help. But who was she and who is she? Where did she come from? She told me when I asked that she was in Arizona around Phoenix. And I can find a free, uh, when it says uh, WordPress like it does, uh, chant Hannah dot, let me look at it, chant Hannah. And it says uh, WordPress.com. That is a free. She's not even paying for a website for a business or for her personal uh, website, which that doesn't mean anything. But she's got Chant Hannah at Hotmail. And then she says Chant Hannah, investigative journalism regarding the topic of ufology and other phenomena. Author Chant Hannah. I am an investigative journalist specializing in the field of ufology and other phenomena. And she began January, let's see, and uh, let me see how far back she goes. Let's see. This looks relatively new, to be quite honest. Uh, yeah. December 20, uh, December 21st, Chant Hannah's interview, Juan Carlos, former MUFON State Section Director for Pennsylvania. Chant Hannah's interview, Dave C. Beattie and his film, The Nimitz Encounters on Amazon Video. So she started making a living by sending people out questionnaires December 21st, 2018, because she does pretty graphics that she probably steals from somebody else. So uh, Janet likes to capture a lot of videos and change, I mean, a lot of graphics and, you know, fancy them up. But, you know, don't be fooled by beautiful pictures <laughs> that aren't real <laughs> so we're going to yeah, get into that the truth. journey begins so she says the journey begins december 20th 2018 when she started posting on free wordpress anybody can get a free wordpress if you have pretty graphics or things to post now i'll admit that these look very pretty but i don't know that she's doing the graphic design i think it's these people with ufo news network 
and uh, they're making a living off of getting information from people like her free off of free Facebook because we provided all that there so we can all get our names out there like publicity hounds in the UFO business to sell books that people think we're getting rich off of, Ken. I don't know about you, but I haven't made a penny. Have you made a penny on your books, Ken? Uh, no, not when you talk about having to go to the conferences and everything else. It's it's actually a drain. Is it my wife? And I raise little miniature horses. And my wife here at uh, our age, she she went back to work. She used to be the the administrative assistant to the vice president of of the um, um, with Boeing of the um, oh well. Anyway, she was she made more money than I did, and now here she's going wow and making. A, about a tenth of what she used to make back uh, 35 back years in the ago. Day. Been married that long. Back well, in the she day. sounded extremely so, intelligent. I've talked to her twice, so she sounded extremely intelligent. <laughs> yeah, is. and she she seems very loving and caring to you about your health and helping you get your information out that's real and what we experienced right. in the 3D. But we will talk about in the future things that we have, the thoughts of the Ascension Age with Ira Pastor, and I have something called the Ascension Age, Ken, and I have the Ascension Psychic, and I have books dealing with metaphysics, and I know that you're a metaphysician as well. So I can't even say that Chant is a metaphysician because I don't know what she is. If people I work with, mystics, oracles, psychics, sages, seers, and shaman, okay, and a lot of people in the Ascension Age dealing with consciousness and that the ascension age and i have written since 2007 in august when i came out about my husband working nasa and uh being in charge of the typing secretarial pool for chris craft and uh, not grumman but nasa direct and his father worked at grumman there and that was from the time i got married and they ran me in the american uh, the houston chronicle in may 1967 going to Washington, all right, D.C., then, 67. Then I was a rehire in 87. But all that time, back to that time, me and people like Ken, we had clearances filled out, and I guess Don Garrett. So that's the way it was. But they later on, Ken, just so you know, it had to be a need-to-know basis when I came back through for uh, what they call a 4 by 10 and uh, sent me to Lowry Air Force Base for clearance levels because, and that's when the gentleman, the people from Germany flowed with me on a jet, and then a man from Germany came over and took me out in a field to give me my clearance level away from everybody, and uh, that was in 1985, 1985, and we had Ronald Reagan in there, and I'd already been working from 80 to 85, but it's a long story, in and out of country. And, uh, Ken, I think you and I have a lot of work to do to get these people to know who the old guys were in the business. And a lot of them were Air Force. A lot of them were CIA flying in and out of country. And some of them were astronauts. And some of them were like Don. He was Air Force. And we can talk about what we did for real. And uh, then we can put it together with people like Bob Lazar that came out when I was in country and I was in uniform and out of uniform. I was in Hawaii. I was in Las Vegas, Nevada. I was in Denver. I was in Chicago, New York. Uh, I was with J. Allen Hynek. And uh, we can talk, folks, about what's real and what's not 
on a very deep level for the fact that the truth will come out. How's that feel, Ken? Does that feel right? The truth will come out. So, Ken, I appreciate you telling me about Chant Hannah. Are you there? Uh-oh, did you drop off or did I drop off? I guess I did. I can't hear you anymore. Well, I must be talking to myself. I uh, hope not. Let me see. Uh, we're still on air. I don't hear Ken. And I'm not sure. Blogtalkradio.com, folks. And I am the owner of TJ Morris ET Radio. And uh, apparently I've lost Ken. And I'm doing all I can to get back into the studio because I somehow got locked out too. So uh, I'm not sure what that's about. But uh, we'll see here. Uh, We're doing our best to bring you the truth and to stay honest. And uh, we appreciate people that want to share with us and uh, bring their truth to uh, light. And uh, we're going to find out people that are hiding behind. uh, They're talking to people, telling them that they're the real deal and trying to be uh, UFO investigators when they're not. Matter of fact, we don't even know who they are. So they have to be vetted first. So be very careful who you share your UFO stories with because uh, some of them we don't know who they are. And uh, I, I gave her information based on the fact that Patricia Bullock, a girl that I met in my group in our ACO club, uh, told me. All right, let me see. Hold on, Ken. Ken, can you hear me I'm now? Here. Oh, I'm Okay, could you, you hear me along. talking? Thank you. Yes, okay, because uh, yeah, we got. Uh, thank you. Well, they knocked me off, or anyway, somebody did, or something. But it's okay, folks. We're going to get this all worked out, so we can bring you a lot more, and we will get into some very deep de- details. Now, Ken, real quickly, let me read you this. What hopefully we're going to be about in the future. The ACO platform for the Allied Command officers to order in humanoid sentient being terms. Okay, we're going to have some new terms. Now, we also, Ken, about your uniforms and patches, all that. We are sharing live-action role-play, which is called LARP, in what was called the Pegasus Project in combining the Stargate Project with Roswell Documentaries and future terminologies in taxonomy. We've asked our pastor to assist us in forming a model on Earth with bioquark terms and definitions and an example for us in in space. But, Ken, you can remember we had terms, commander, and all that, like on the cars. So I want to teach people how to be in the military if they want or to get off space if they want. But we're going to help them with the terms of alienology and they've not really yet been defined for various groups in the real cyberspace, taking on the fake imaginary and the Internet with authors and fantasy writers and people that started back in the day with the Oshtar Command and making up all these channeled information groups and separate channeled information or inspiration, if you want to call it, or ESP or whatever you want to call it, with the terms that uh, we have past life regressions, we have hypnosis, and, uh, you know, MUFON taking on with Kathy Martin, Denise Stoner, and other people helping people like 
uh, Dolores Cannon did. Yes, I was sent to Dolores Cannon, and I am one of the originals back in the 80s that helped get all this started. Janet Carolesson, Project Stargate, and Stargate to the Cosmos was all about letting people be themselves and tell their own stories. We're all the authors of our own life stories. So we're sharing more UFO psychic healing art conferences than we've ever done before. Our association of friends and social media are gathering together to share cross-pollination of our ancient wisdom and new thought teachings in cosmology. We share science, pseudosciences, philosophies, and how to share who we are as a species. We share New Horizons Cosmos Expo visionaries, and Ken Johnston is one of those, as is Ira Pastor. And uh, working with me, I personally can decide who and what because I'm the original founder and director of the ACO for Ascension Center Organization, Alien Contact Organization, and the American Communication Online. And we share UFO Association from back in the day, way before me and Stanton Friedman and George Fodder all talked and uh, discussed with Canada people. Yep. And uh, now that's why you me, are the Supreme Commander. That's why you are the Supreme <laughs> well, Commander. We're going to call it a large general. <laughs> okay. A six star, not a five star, huh? A six star. Yeah, wow. Right. You're the Supreme You're going to give me an extra star. Well, this, what we're going to do is we're going to figure out how to play this game on the planet, and we will let our children in sea cadets. My daughters were in sea cadets, and my, she loved me being an officer and helping them learn the military terms and how civilians can play as civilians and work on the military basis. But we need to incorporate this into a scenario where people can be educated and not be so ignorant because of what people are putting in social media. So who we share, what part of space we may all relate to as energy origin with memories and a new way of communication. Ken and I are yep. establishing, yes, we will be able to talk to you about our experience in 3D reality. Then we'll share rejuvenation and reincarnation and learning of how our other dimensions and realms and consciousness exist. But people that know me, you're going to have to know what you're talking about, cite where you're learning it from, and own it and write it and give me a journal or a white paper and something we can say this and put a byline with your name on it, okay? Journalistic terminologies. So we're going to share educational entertainment for the ACO Club. American Communications Online is sharing T.J. Marsh ET Radio niche genre topics to consider in our events. So we hope you'll share with us, Ken Johnston Sr. and myself as the two directors of our future for tomorrow. And you can be in any of our live action role play groups, our free social medias, but uh, if you're going to get serious about us vetting you and finding out who you are and putting you in a professional directory, you may want to look at our ACO Association and UFO so- Association, which is now supported by American Communications Online. So thank you very much for your participation and support. I know a lot of you listen to me as TJ Mars ET Radio wanting me to get back on Paranormal. And believe it or not, this showtime is under Paranormal. So public... We are visible to the public by choice, and we are here to serve people with places and things, who, what, when, where, why, how, how many, how much, 
And uh, we're going to be the best people we can be to give you the 3D reality. Plus, we will work with everybody in the imagination and uh, the areas of contactee experiencers and ask them to dive in and tell us where they're getting their information from. And if they're seeing real nuts and bolts for the Robert Wood and uh, his uh, son, then that's their part. They asked me to get with them. Stanton T. Friedman, our godfather, has retired. And uh, people that are out there getting your information for free so they can put it on their YouTube channels, they're going to try to make money off of their commission checks, which are pennies. I haven't known anybody to get rich so far off of radio pennies. I think I've made $6 in six years, so that's the pennies you get left over. So it's about a dollar a year, and I pay them $20. No, I pay them $40 a month for since June 2012. So there you go, folks. That's figured up. Not to mention Breaker, 20 bucks. Yeah. Uh, and my uh, I've paid hundreds, three to 500 a year to GoDaddy, but... Anybody want to see how much it took me to get here to be real just in cyberspace and Internet? I'll be more than happy to show you. But as of today, Ken, we got a clean slate. We're starting out with zeros and don't have any paid members. If anybody's asking in free social media whether they're a real person or just a fake entity talking to you. And I apologize again for this woman that fooled me and you and I guess fooled me once. Shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. Isn't that the way that That's George right. Bush tried to say it once? <laughs> he tried. Yeah, he did. He tried. He did. <laughs> President okay. George Bush, bless his heart. I was well, supposed to you. help him. It's been a yeah, love, there, fun. <clears throat> I've enjoyed it. Well, yeah. thank you, Commander. And we will explain all that if we get people that want to play with us. So it's a long, That's hard right. road, but we'll get we'll get this going. And uh, Iris said he'll help it. us on setting up models, and we're going to yep. share history. I know you earned it. Okay. You earned well, it, and I know it, and, and so did I. So and we're, you we're earned it, so it. we're going we're gonna to start with just getting who we are historically and document professionally for Don Garrett and anybody else that wants to play with us. And, you know, helping as a webmaster, we'll have to write up what they get, Tom, and we'll do – I mean, Tom. I can't do Tom. Oh, my gosh. That was my husband, Ken. We yeah. will get back with you. Thank you. Is that okay? Thank you. Thank you. That's great. And okay. Looking forward to it. All right. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, everybody. It's been a hard night, but this is our first one. We'll get through it. Next one, who knows? Ken, we'll, we'll plan it. Like, call me Monday for a planning committee, okay? And we'll uh, work on the you week. You got it. All right. Thank you, you it, so Commander. much. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Commander, and we'll enjoy this. Okay, bye-bye. Good night. Thank Good you. Night. Good night. Thank Bye. you.